You are listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended restricted for anyone under the age of 17. Good morning and welcome everyone to the Sonic Society, the world's showcase of modern audio drama. I'm David Alt and I'm hot on the heels of the mystery of what happened to Jack Ward. Going through his leather-bound journal, I know, I'm, I, I will apologise to him when I finally get to meet him. I noticed he was making notes about some sort of hell portal that opened up on his property. Ah, ah, yes, and here it is. Now, if I can find... Never leave home without your sonic screwdriver. Goodness. According to this, the very nature of the portal was changed. Jack had thought he closed it, but the proximity of October with the sealing of the portal in the summer has shunted the portal into the horror audioverse. Jack must have been drawn in there. I told him not to live in Nova Scotia. There's only one way to go in safely and find out. But that will take some doing. For now, let's listen to this week's episodes from Syntax, a science fiction horror audio drama podcast that follows Silas Caldwell, a linguist who finds himself employed by Vincula, a biotech company with an unearthly set of artifacts in their possession. Our double feature begins right here on the Sonic Society. Return to me. There is so much more to give. Mortality rushes to meet you. Good. The recorder seems to be in working order. (sighs) My name is Silas Caldwell, and I've just been hired as a linguist for Vincula, a biotech firm. Strange that they'd be interested in the services of a linguist at all. Yes, it's as confusing to me as anyone I've cared to talk about it with. Not even mentioning the truly bizarre interview I had with Vincula. Everything about this company has made me suspicious of their intentions. However, they are well established in their field of business, and at least aren't a fake company here to harvest my organs. I think... They've made a number of minor breakthroughs in pharmacology and trade on the stock market. For all my exhaustive research, they appear a legitimate business. Still, what do they want with a linguist of all things? At any rate, I thought it prudent to have some record of my time here, especially on my first entry. I'm willing to see this through to the point I wake up in a tub of ice with some stitches on my backside at least, but I'm making damn sure I've got something to show I'm at least a touch foresightful about all this. Not that there's much I can do about anything in particular past that point. Here's the door now. Here goes absolutely nothing. Ah, Mr. Colwell. I see you've arrived in one piece. I'll show you to the lab. Let's get you settled, hmm? Yes, sir. Let's do that. And it's Caldwell. As I'm sure you've seen, our facility is quite expansive. For this location specifically, we have a large laboratory hosting the object itself, what we at Vincula refer to as the Breach, as well as independent offices and laboratories for other studies. You'll have your own office, as we suspect you'll spend much of your time there. The... uh, was it Breach? Is that what I meant to study? All in due time, Mr. Caldwell. Now, follow behind me. Here it is. Impressive, isn't it? We took great care in transporting it here. So watch your step. Right. It looks like a... Nautilus shell? A 
and huge. It's interesting and not like any type of structure I've seen before, but should you not have a geologist for this? It's just a big rock. The outside isn't what you're here to inspect. Well, go on. What? Surely you don't mean I'm supposed to go in there. That's exactly what I mean. Miss Foe, I'm sure you recall our interview we had not long ago. Is this altogether required? I remember our conversation perfectly, Mr. Caldwell. Let me offer you reassurance then in the interest of saving us all some time here. We've examined the interior of the structure quite thoroughly and have lost exactly zero personnel thus far. While you might find the inside somewhat disconcerting, it is imperative you see the contents for yourself, and I've been instructed to ensure you do so ASAP. Hmm. Well then, it's not that large, I suppose. <clears throat> Shouldn't take me very long either. Be back in a bit. Get to it, and I'll see you in a moment. Hell, it's pitch black inside. Good thing Miss Vo cared so much for my mental well-being. Doesn't seem like it could go too far, though. Let's see. I think I should have had to start crawling at this point. The exterior looked like it fed into itself and gradually got smaller, but somehow I'm still walking upright normally. I should have bumped my head by now. Can't see more than a foot or so even with my cell phone, but... Wait a moment. There's something here. Hmm. It seems to be some sort of shelf jutting out from the wall. What? What is this? This looks man-made. Carved out of the breach's own wall, but for, for what purpose? Oh. Oh, this symbol. What is that? I don't recognize it. I... I'm not sure what language this is, but it must be what Miss Vogue wanted me to see. Did I really have to come in myself? Wouldn't a picture have sufficed? Suppose I'll do it myself. Let's get a photo of you for posterity, shall we? Hopefully the flash was enough to pick it up. I should go a bit further, see if there may be any other symbols. Wait. I can see light up ahead. Like it's the exit, but... Enjoy the trip. What? But I swore I was, on, I was only going forward. Surely I didn't get turned around so quickly. Correct, Mr. Caldwell. Now you see why it's been named the Breach. It seems to defy its logical end. The entryway you went through seems to lead into a hallway, only to bring you right back to the beginning. It's what they call a sort of universal route. I see you must have found the reason for your being here. I... yes. I assume you're referring to the sigil around the midpoint, on the ledge. Yes, I uh, saw it and... Something you have no earthly idea about? It did appear unfamiliar. That is simply to say I might not have seen much research on it to date. Where did you say you acquired this again? I didn't actually say, but an archaeological site. Supposedly some newly formed island in the Pacific Ocean, if I recall. It was deemed significant for our scientific research. And here it is. Significant is the understatement of the decade, if not the century. You said previously there was more. The rest of the materials will be in your office. Let's move on. Your office will be the one nearest the main laboratory, since you'll most likely be needing to visit frequently. There's also accommodations in your apartment, in case the need to take work home arises. Here we are. 
This is your office. Should be suitable enough. Vincula provided an assortment of books and research papers regarding dead and ancient languages, and we'll be able to provide you with more. Within reason. And of course, a desk equipped with a computer for further research. I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt I'll need a coffee pot in here. I promise not to make too many demands after that, however. Mm-hmm. We did accommodate you with access to the archival lab just through this door, and it is well monitored. This room is also climate controlled and is equipped with magnification tools and different light sources. And the first thing we're requesting you study is this. This book is the main reason Vincula decided to bring you in. Without it, there wouldn't be much to go off of at all. Our research suggests the documents to be carbon dated at around a thousand years old. And as such, it is extremely delicate. That old? Remarkably good condition, considering its erstwhile briny resting place. Vincula didn't find it in the same place as the breach, if that's what you're hinting at. Well then, where? Was it dug up in Europe? South America? The Middle East, perhaps? This could be crucial information for the translation that I'll need as for- As far as we know, it was a private collector of some sort. Where it came from prior to that is unknown. I see. Well, that is truly unfortunate. Just glancing at the first page, then- is this Acadian? I don't believe I've seen something so well-preserved for this language before. Uh, let me see. Mr. Caldwell, the gloves. I'm aware, Miss Vaux. This latter portion, however, is certainly not Acadian. I know Acadian isn't logged very well. The last recorded use is around 100 CE. Well, it was, unless this is the real deal at more like a thousand CE. These other symbols don't resemble Akkadian at all. Two strikingly different writings in the same book, not to mention it appears as though the cover is missing, and maybe even some pages- And that is precisely what we need you for, Mr. Caldwell. Vincula believes the Akkadian to be a translation of the language on the other pages, but I'm sure you can see that the first portion of the book is missing. We're hoping to gain some insight as to what we've collected. Or were we too hopeful in your candidacy? No, I'm fully competent in whatever translation- Perfect. Now there's a few more pieces you'll need. I'm a linguist, not a miracle worker, Miss Foe. These stones are similar to the breach in the material. The unfamiliar language is also on these, but that's the only conclusion that we've been able to surmise. Since you're going to ask, the stones were obtained from a variety of sources private collections and museums and the like. Vincula is still looking for more, just in case. Wonderful. I'm a geologist now. Your expectations for me deepen at every turn. <sighs> but yes, I see how they seem to be made of the same stony material, and are these more sigils stenciled onto the bands? Wonderful. Since you're aware of your tasks, I'll be expecting a full log of daily activities and fines, along with any important updates delivered promptly. For now, I'll leave you to your own devices. And please be careful with the artifacts. I'll retrieve you at the end of your workday to show you your living arrangements. That's that, then. <laughs> Talk about a whirlwind tour. I'm having trouble grasping the scale of what has just transpired. And why, why am I just as mystified now as I was when I first walked into this building? <sighs> Let's see. I explored a physics-defying object that could just be a trick, but is pretty damn convincing got shown a supposedly ancient text containing the most well-preserved example of Akkadian script completely out of place for its purported time period. Akkadian in 1000 CE? I mean, really? And there's some language at the back of the book that's either too obscure for me to remember off the top of my head, 
or it's some monk's private shorthand he didn't bother sharing with the rest of the world, or an elaborate fake again, perhaps. Who knows what, really. But how it ends up matching the symbol I found in the breach, which, by the way, just happens to come fresh scraped off the bottom of the ocean. Oh yeah, and a bunch of rocks that look like the same stone as the breach with metallic bands and more scribbles on the bands. Just in case this wasn't expansive enough of a collection already. It's a lot to take in, and I'm not getting paid to just stand around pondering it. Time to do some light reading. <clears throat> April 5th, 2021 report for Miss Vo. Silas Caldwell with a summary of day one of translation work. I have confirmed the Akkadian roots of the first part of the book and found nothing to correlate with the latter portion's language. Quite possibly a rude language. It is bound by an unmarked sheet of leather, although there are two sets of apparent damage. The binding of the book is frayed, and the front cover itself is Why the original text is in Akkadian, of all things, a language that predates medieval Europe by another thousand years A land of cold, clean water, high mountains, clear skies. Our troubles are left behind. Our crops grow without blight. Our children play in the streets. Where once was only dirt and grass, now houses rise for our families. Unknown word. For our knowledge, and life is good again. A translator's note. The next passage seems to occur after a break. An unknown amount of time has passed in the narrative. Some catastrophe befell the writer's people. Resuming translation. A great trial was held for an esteemed tribesman. Their behavior was aloof, foolish, absent-minded. The defendant could not provide adequate answers for their behavior. Laziness? Translator's note. It seems the court proceedings had trouble bringing serious charges against the person in question. There seems to be a combination of position, their rank or office, and another factor I'm having trouble understanding. Something about not being themselves? Perhaps afflicted with a type of mental illness. There are forms here in the unknown language isolate which may give greater complexity. <sighs> but sadly, they are poorly used in the Akkadian here. Resuming translation. The trial culminated in a search of the accused's household, but the results never became known to us. Panic grips our tribe. Rumors abound and spread like fire in a dry field. Tales of stacks of bodies. A house full of music and death. Few had returned to tell the tale of the search, and many of us started to disappear from that day forward. Strangers wearing masks, shaped like former friends and family, stalked the streets. Wailing became the song of our city. Few of us now remain. We must find the stone. We must yearn for a stone? <sighs> well, that's enough for one day. Even the Akkadian translation is difficult. The words have transformed subtly in a hundred ways. There are little jots added and forms missing. It's like a new dialect, but one they tried to keep alive. I... Why did they even bother in the first place? I can't shake the feeling this might end up being a practical joke. I hate to have wasted all this time. I can't stop thinking about it. April 11th, 2021 Linguistics Report. This translation was more dense than I'd imagined, especially...
think I found something particularly important, though. Yes, right here. Anzanunzu in Akkadian. It's the word for a body of water, usually subterranean, but there's modifiers here. Large. Marks the border. Oceanic, maybe? I believe my line of thinking and translations are correct. Anzanunzu is being used here for saltwater, specifically. Not only that, it seems to line up with the rune on the shelf. I did have to go take another trip to look at it inside, just to be sure. I'm not sure why, but the rune was barely visible from my phone's picture. Not enough exposure. I'm positive I had my flash on, but uh, no matter now. Now, I took a look at those stones in the archival laboratory, and there, that, that same rune was repeated multiple times on one of the stones, scrawled across one of the metallic bands that's clamped on the rock. This has to mean, if I'm right, that it seems like the stone... Superb. Throw the linguist into the darkness and see what happens. Marvelous premise for an experiment. Once again, I have found myself in the breach. After presenting my findings to Miss Vo, she concurred with the evidence and then insisted on having me traverse the breach with a matching rune stone and a bottle of salt water. I'd have thought Vincula would have had someone specifically for this purpose. Turns out they did, and he was me. <sighs> Things I'm doing to put food in Vox's belly. Ledge's still there. Yes, I was hoping it had mysteriously disappeared, as a matter of fact. <sighs> Miss Bo wants me to just set the stone here. Preach already behaves oddly. Is this really likely to accomplish? Ah! Oh! What? What just? The sigil. Uh, the saltwater sigil. It's lit up now. A pale blue color. Where's this light coming from? And what was that sound? I should go and. Report this to Miss Vo. No. No, not quite yet. I want to. I want to. All right. Stone on the ledge. Bottle next to stone. Well. Doesn't look like anything else is happening, and I don't see any other changes to the breach or stone, other than the lit-up rune. But I feel there's more. There should be more. This hopefully won't ruin the artifact, but, well, there's records of the stone in my office. What is this feeling? Something dances on the edge of my vision. Shapes in the darkness. When I glance to look, they are not. There is only the stone and the light within. Light of unbounding worlds. Where are these thoughts coming from? I... I can hear sounds. Roaring, screeches screams. When I strain to listen, they are not. A book, a story, told only in my mind. I want it to be. Maybe now's a great time to go make my report. What's that smell? It's earthy, and that breeze. That was definitely not there before. Did 
pouring some water on that stone altar the breach? Great day. They're going to expect me to do something about this. The draft does seem to be coming from further in. That shouldn't be possible. That should just lead me back around to the entrance, right? Draft is picking up a bit. Something's definitely changed. I should be back in the dead air of the lab, but there's an enticing freshness. Some kind of quality I can't quite put my finger on here. Feels like I'm about to... not vincula it's i don't know the breach is right behind me but it's like a huge redwood forest the trunks of the trees are massive i can't even see the end of some it's it's real i can feel the grass beneath my fingers i can smell the wet earth where the hell am I? Did it transport me somewhere? Where on earth could I be? It's still a little dim here. Is the sun just starting to come up? It was after lunch when I left. Am I in a different time zone? Whoa! I don't think I've ever heard birds like that. What were those? This is... This is incredible! I wonder... Should I try to scout the surroundings? It's a little warmer here, a bit sticky. I wasn't quite prepared for this sort of trek. What was... Is there someone... Is there someone there? Oh. Oh no. There's something! Something is coming! Silas! Block the breach! You, check the breach. Make sure nothing else is... Mrs. Dawson, you really don't have to do that. I'm perfectly able to take care of some dirty dishes. Oh, hush now, Silas. You've had a rough time of it today, and as the residence manager at Vincula, it's my job to keep this place tidy. Oh, I see you already got that recorder of yours on. Does that mean I'll get to hear your story after all? <sighs> I think I will tell you what happened after all. Miss Vo impressed upon me the need for secrecy as Vincula tries to make sense of my little discovery. But you work for Vincula too, so I'm choosing to interpret it as not including you. <laughs> How wonderful. Well, don't mind me. Take your time, darling. Oh, precious kitten. He's already worried enough for the both of us and so well behaved. <laughs> Not to worry, my friend. Not to worry. I don't think there's anything after us. Not now, anyway. <sighs> so, I went back into the breach today. Took a risk and brought this very recorder in with me. Good chance I was going to get caught and it was never going to see the light of day. <laughs> I wasn't sure I'd be seeing the light of day again, either, for that matter. I made a bit of a breakthrough on the language isolate today, and thought I had figured out a particular point linking all these disparate items together. I mean, the breach, the stones, the book, all these seemingly unrelated things bound by one mysterious language. 
Wait. I don't think I figured it out. Based on what happened, I know I did. I I rarely get a chance to just know I'm right very often, Mrs. Dawson. I'm glad you found the silver lining, and I'm sure it's thrilling to have figured it out, Silas. Well, not sure I really cared for the experience much. <sighs> Alright, getting to the best of my remembrance then. I had taken the Link Stone. That's what Vinculus decided to call them now. To Miss Vo, and I explained how I thought the sigil on the breach ledge and on one of this particular stone's metal bands matched, and that the word meant salt water. Felt rather proud of myself at the time. If I'd known just how harsh the landing was going to be off of my findings, I might have kicked the stone down the nearest gutter. And of course, she explained that I should take the stone and some salt water into the breach immediately made it clear my employment was contingent on my obedience. I know they say cowards die a thousand times and all that, but you know there is such a thing as, I don't know, passing these findings off to exploration professionals? <sighs> well, I made a snap decision and decided to go in anyway. I've come this far, and I feel supremely wasteful to leave this whole adventure now. I found the same interior as my previous visit but I did note the presence of an indentation on the strange ledge and placed the stone on it, as per Miss Vo's instructions. And the rune upon the ledge lit up. A ghostly blue. It, it, it's hard to pin down precisely, but it was like a color on the edge of the spectrum. Not quite all there, I think, is the best way I can describe it. Like part of my eyes couldn't pick it up, but I'm entirely unsure how I'd be aware of knowing I wasn't seeing all of it. Something you couldn't quite see, hmm? It sounds a bit frightening. Yes. Now, for the part that really befuddles me, why did I even feel compelled to pour the salt water on the stone? I think I... <laughs> I think I even thought to say... Maybe now would be a great time to go back and just report the lit-up rune. And then I just didn't. I took a precious artifact and dunked it in one of Earth's naturally most corrosive materials. I would never have done anything remotely like that, ordinarily, and I still can't quite believe the whole sequence of events that followed. Don't, don't push yourself, darling. You could stop any time. Shh, it's all right. It's all right. I'm certain I'll be all right. Well, then I felt a sudden shift in pressure. Like what had been an enclosed space was suddenly and somewhat violently opened wide. A gust blew through the breach, and I... Once again, I made an impulsive decision. This one, at least, I feel responsible for. I decided to continue down toward the new sense. Oh, the smells! Totally different from the lab, or even outside here at Vincula. It was... it was completely new to me. I think I've certainly smelled something similar, but it was... fresh. It was vibrant and positively alive with the little hints of earthiness and grass and minerality. I emerged, but rather than being in the lab at all, I was standing in the midst of a tangle of roots which gave way to a clearing in... in a forest. A huge forest. It, it stretched out in all directions, seemingly forever. And the trees were enormous. I know about redwoods. I've seen them on documentaries and such, but... I was getting dizzy just trying to look up high enough to see the tops. I think I would have just sort of stumbled about and gazed in awe for a bit had I not been so... Rudely interrupted. I... I'm st still am unsure of what I saw. I don't really know if I really saw anything. But that sound... Something heavy. And growing louder. Like something was stepping toward me urgently. Rushing at me. I had to... I had to let instinct take over, more or less. That awful feeling of being chased. I never had experienced something like that before. 
I ran back through the breach, just bolted back through the roots of the tree and into that yawning hole where safety might be found. Thankfully, I did reemerge inside Vincula's lab. If I hadn't been trying in a somewhat desperate manner to escape from the lab, I might have stopped long enough to give Miss Vo a piece of my mind, along with my resignation. Does that mean you're leaving us? And so soon, just between us two, I don't think I could hardly blame you if you did leave. But goodness. Miss Vo had to do a little coaxing in the aftermath. I'll admit I was not quite conversational after my venture, but I... I went somewhere new today. Somewhere I'd never been. Possibly, pending Vincula's inquiries, somewhere no one's been. It still feels unreal to me. Miss Vo was able to independently confirm with some other employees that the breach does have a way through now, but only when the link stone is placed on the indent made for it on the ledge and salt water is applied. Oh, right. The stone. They had to pry the link stone out of my hands. I didn't realize I had grabbed it on the way out. I stood in my office, hands trembling, just kind of staring at it, and then handed it back over to a calm but stern Miss Vo. Whatever feeling possessed me to pour the water on it feels like, like I was beckoned to do so. I'll just have to admit, for now, I'm not quite sure I can make heads or tails of any of it. I am no physicist, no quantum theorist, not even a biologist. This will have to do is my best recollection of events, and simply that. I did... I did decide not to quit, Mrs. Dawson. Miss Vo, at least, promised I'd never have to go back into the breach. That's a relief, at least. Oh, good. And I am whole, it seems. Healthy in body and and mind. A little shaken is all, I think. And I can't help but be at least a little excited to have been teleported. Well, not really. Perhaps transported? I have no idea how it could possibly work yet. And neither does Vincula. But... What I saw excited me, and it was due in large part to the strides I made in translation. And that gives me reason. Reason to want to know more, and press on. I'm always glad to listen to your stories, darling. As long as you don't reckon you'll get in trouble from the powers that be. <laughs> I'd hate for you to get put out on your rear. Looks like my rear belongs to Vincula. For a while, at any rate. If you're not in a rush, we could put on some tea and hear one of your stories. How do you take your tea? Syntax is a podcast by Twin Strangers Productions and is licensed under an attribution share like 4.0 international license. Today's episode was directed and produced by Stella Odom and written by Ty Vaughn. Silas Caldwell is played by Ty Vaughn. June Dawson is played by Renee Helsel. Miss Evelyn Vaux is played by Kyla Crockett. Additional voices and sounds provided by Gage Odom. Listen to other episodes, find our social media links, and make donations by visiting syntaxpodcast.com. Rate us on iTunes and Google Podcast, and follow us on Spotify. Tweet us at TwinStrangersP with your burning questions and engage with fellow listeners on our subreddit, r slash syntaxpod. Thanks for listening. Brought to you, Brought to you by Twin Strangers Productions. Hi everyone, this is Stella Odom. I'm the producer and director for Syntax, the first podcast by Twin Strangers Productions. I would like to take just a moment to tell you, our listeners, about some general advisories and content warnings. Syntax is a horror podcast and will contain themes of an adult nature. There will be horrific depictions, 
there will be disturbing noises, and there will be death and injuries. You can find a complete listing of content warnings in each episode descriptions on your listening platform of choice and in our written episode transcripts available on our website, syntaxpodcast.com. With that, I wish you a pleasant and chilling listening experience. Interview for Silas Caldwell, possible candidate for Linguist on Breach Project. Can you hear me, sir? Perfect. Let's begin. What in... What's happened to my dead bug? Um, hello? Who... Who are you? What are you doing in my house? Mr. Caldwell? Correct? Please, let's have a seat. I feel like I'd rather make a call to the police than have a seat at this moment. We hardly need the police here for a routine interview, Mr. Caldwell. Interview. Interview. You must be from that biotech firm. Was it Vincu? Vincula received your application for the linguist position and wanted to follow up with you. This interview will be recorded. I do hope you're okay with that. I see. Yes, I recall that application now. Uh, I suppose I'm okay with that. You did come all the way to my house for this interview, quite irregularly. Wouldn't a phone call have sufficed? Did my poor door deserve the breaking and entering? Breaking and... Don't be ridiculous, Mr. Caldwell. The fine print of the application did include an allowance of entering the premises of each candidate. You agreed to the interview once your resume was sent, Mr. Caldwell. It may surprise you to know I do remember said allowance. Although I suppose that means I shouldn't be as surprised to see you as I am. I simply never imagined that clause would be taken so literally. I thought that was just legal jargon for a mutually arranged interview rather than whatever this is. Uh, may I interest you in some coffee or tea before we begin, at least, Miss? Black coffee for me, please. <clears throat> My name is Evelyn Vo. I am the secretary to Vincula's chief executive officer, Mr. Richardson. We reviewed your resume and were impressed. Yes, well, I have years of experience and excel. You have in... a master's in linguistics from Georgetown and specialize in archaic languages and ancient books, correct? Yes, that's right. You've I... worked for your current employer for a few years now and seem to meet your deadlines accurately. And your references say you're detail-oriented. All very good, Mr. Caldwell. However, I see you did not answer our last question. Would you be able to expound upon that? It is not an optional part of the interview process, which is why it was placed on the initial application. Please, do elaborate. Oh, look at that little kitty. His name is Fox, if you're curious. I was not curious, but thank you anyway. It is difficult to find good help these days. Are you referring to the question regarding paranormal experiences? Uh, to be frank, Miss Vo, I thought the web application had partially broken or been mixed up somehow. You actually require elaboration on that? Of course. It's the only question you didn't answer, after all. Are you willing to provide an answer? I recall now something Hepburn said about death and interviews. <sighs> right. I grew up in the Virginia mountains, Miss Vaux. I heard often, alongside many sermons, stories about creatures and ghosts and what have you lurking about in the Shenandoah and its environs. I never paid such tales of boogeymen and goat people much heed. The only warnings I took seriously were those regarding the cave systems near my home. My mother, especially, took pains to warn me not to stray too deeply, and always to keep the light of day in sight, should I be overwhelmed by childlike curiosity. 
Not that she believed any of the myths herself, mind. Just out of an abundance of caution. I did enjoy going spelunking on occasion. Although your question now reminds me of a reason why I stopped going. I remember it was a hot summer day. I was 12 or 13, maybe. <laughs> My friends and I were eager to find respite from the beating sun, and so we trekked to the most familiar and arguably coolest cave in our region. Lights End Cave. As the name implies, big enough and deep enough to get us out of the worst of the heat, and of course, this would be the one time I listened to my friends over the sage advice of my mother. We plunged recklessly deep into the cave. A few of us had flashlights, and you know that awful feeling of overconfidence you get when you're surrounded by friends, especially in spite of making decisions that are clearly ill-advised? <laughs> We were positively drunk with that feeling. Nothing could possibly harm us here, in our own backyard. I do remember the immediate reward. Cool, still air on my skin as we left behind the sweltering surface. My mother's warnings were not but a distant memory as we giggled our way into a small cavern. My friends were excitedly telling me about how they had been using the open space this far down as a sort of meeting chamber and theater. They liked to swap ghost stories and put on shadow plays on the cave walls, and I was finally being invited into this inner sanctum. A welcome break from heavy thoughts that had plagued me for a few years at that point. I had lost my father not long before this entire encounter. Sorry, I know that must seem a fairly random tidbit to bring up, but death had been weighing on my mind. I got my introduction to the inevitability of our demise earlier in life than I had ever hoped. Sorry, I am waxing quite eloquent. I am coming to a point, but I hope I'm not losing you yet, Miss Vo. Do go on, Mr. Caldwell. Hmm. You can imagine my excitement at finally earning the high honor of reaching the secret lair of a group of what I had hoped were like-minded preteens. Unfortunately, I am fuzzy on the details now, both for how long it's been and the suddenness of what came after. <sighs> Suffice to say, uh, there was a disagreement on some details of how a certain story should be told, one which I was decidedly on the losing end of. By the time the conflict reached its peak, I had worked back up all the heat I thought I had left behind topside and huffily determined to make my own way back to the cave mouth solo. A foolish decision, especially given I ended up leaving my flashlight behind in my anger. I reasoned that, after I left the light of my friend's impromptu theater behind, it shouldn't be far until I saw the light of day leading me the rest of the way home, but turns out I had quite a ways to go. The way was much longer than I had remembered in my joyful short trip down, and was now turning into agonizing minutes of total darkness. I reached my hand to the wall I was certain would lead me upwards. I'm sure you already see how quickly my story could have come to a sudden end then and there. But thankfully, despite seconds that felt like hours, basically clawing at a dirt wall, stumbling blindly on... My eyes trained on a faint glimmer of light reflecting off rocks in front of me. I thought to myself, ah, my journey ends. All fear is gone. But then I rounded the last corner between myself and the cave mouth. I recognized this part of the cave. When I actually bothered listening to my mother, this was as far as I usually went into Light's End. Except now... Stretched out on the brown dirt wall opposite my wall that I had so desperately clutched at to find my way back, there was the shadow of a person. Th the legs were extended all the way from the cave entrance just out of sight to a point where it joined a round body topped with an elongated head. Someone was standing at the mouth of Light's End. Could it be my mother? Preternaturally aware of my disobedience and here so swiftly to chastise me? 
I felt like calling out to her all the same. I had been so scared until I saw the sun's light, fear rapidly replacing my childish anger. But something held me back. I'm so very glad that I did not call out. The shadow sat motionless on the wall. I thought it odd that someone would simply be standing here of all places. Light's End had been chosen by my erstwhile friends for its secluded location, away from prying adult eyes and deep in the Virginia backwoods. So what were they doing here? Come to reminisce about their own time in the cave? A spelunker gearing up for a subterranean voyage? But if so, they were strangely immobile. It just remained there, hovering over the floor with its pencil-thin feet stretched out in a line pointed at the cave entrance. I found myself intently studying the shade, that feeling prickling the back of my scalp still preventing me from making any noise. Why were they standing there for so long? Surely I've been here a good five, ten minutes already? Are their legs really that skinny? Or is the sun playing tricks on me? Is that how human heads are usually shaped? Like an outstretched oval with no sharp points, no visible hair, no mouth or eyes? <laughs> don't, don't be ridiculous, Silas. I think at this point I shouldn't see a mouth or eyes on a shadow anyway. Heads are supposed to just be blobs. But then, I did see eyes. Not colored or shaded, but points of light blinking through the shadow where I should be on the head. You're... you're not supposed to see light through the head part of a human shadow. Not normally. The shadow was looking at me. I don't know how I became convinced of that fact. Surely this was an extremely coincidental reflection of rocks on the already strange presence of a clearly creepy individual who just so happened to be lurking about at this particular cave as I stood alone with nothing but darkness behind me. Thinking back on it now, there was probably some rational explanation for it. But of course, in case I haven't made it clear yet, there were quite a few extenuating factors contributing to my overall mental state. That is to say, what I ended up actually doing was stand there quaking for actual hours, locked in what felt like a deadly staring contest with a shadow. If I looked away for even a moment, the shadow was going to choose to do something. I don't know what at that precise moment. I felt it as sure as I live and breathe now. I told you I had been in a fatalistic mindset at this point, yes. I couldn't help but place myself metaphorically in the shoes of my father at that moment. He had shown quiet dignity in his final moments. <laughs> Could I trust myself to at least acquit myself as a man, here facing the specter of death itself? Those points of light had for eyes threatened to send my mind into a full-on delirium of fear. I was beginning to imagine it as the shade of the Grim Reaper itself, when I was suddenly ripped from my horror by the return of my friends, who gripped my shoulders from behind and elicited a marked vocal response from me. <clears throat> my head spun to face the new threat, but quickly snapped back in fear of the shadow, only to see nothing in its place. <laughs> How terribly anticlimactic. Had I dreamt the whole thing? Was this some trick of the light, played upon a fearful mind while stupid eyes blinked and adjusted to the sun? My friends got a good laugh out of it, at least, and I simply never went back into that cave in particular. <clears throat> so, uh, 
try believe in the paranormal. Belief's a tricky word, but I made a lasting decision based on an experience I had, which I still can't quite explain. I have theories. I have reasonable, plausible explanations now, but I still don't much care for being left in the dark all the same. So, ultimately, whether I fully embrace the paranormal or not, I feel more inclined to say the paranormal has chosen to embrace me. So, yes, Miss Vo. I'm not opposed to its existence, fundamentally. How does that sound, Mr. Richardson? Very good. Now then, Mr. Caldwell. Wait, who- We at Vincula think you would be an exceptional fit. We would like to extend the opportunity for employment, and will allow a two-week time period between your current occupation and your April 5th start date with Vincula. We will provide your living accommodations within our own worksite, and we'll also cover airfare and travel. We do ask that you only bring what is necessary, as furniture and certain requested items will be supplied for you. Of course, Vincula offers full benefits, and we are more than willing to negotiate salary. I'll send your documentation and official offer through the email provided on your resume. Now, if there aren't any further questions... <sighs> I do believe you've covered everything. Well... Aside from the point that Vox is coming, but that's a non-negotiable. Hey, kitty kitty. I can't say I'm all too thrilled about the prospect of being hired based on actually being flown fully over the cuckoo's nest. I got my hopes up too soon that my long-winded story was going to elicit only snores and a refusal. So, what will I be doing, precisely? I do recall your being from a biotech firm. What would a business like yours need with a linguist? What else would you expect a linguist to be doing, Mr. Caldwell? Surely not locked in another staring contest with death itself. We'll see ourselves out. You'll be receiving more information from us shortly. And we've provided contact information if you do have any other questions. Sanitize before we leave. You know I can't stand the stench of animals in my car. Here we go again. Syntax is a podcast by Twin Strangers Productions and is licensed under an attribution share like 4.0 international license. Today's episode was directed and produced by Stella Odom and written by Ty Vaughn. Silas Caldwell is played by Ty Vaughn. Miss Evelyn Vaux is played by Kyla Crockett. Additional voices and sounds provided by Gage Odom. Listen to other episodes, find our social media links, and make donations by visiting syntaxpodcast.com. Rate us on iTunes and Google Podcast, and follow us on Spotify. Tweet us at TwinStrangersP with your burning questions, and engage with fellow listeners on our subreddit, r slash syntaxpod. Thanks for listening. Brought to you by Twin Strangers Productions. And that's this week's show. Please check out the show notes for Syntax on the Sonic Society website at sonicsociety.org or through Twitter or X at Sonic Society or at David Alt. I'm going to need to head back to the Mutual Audio building and look for the only thing that I can use to help to find Jack. And until I see you next week, I'm David Alt. Take care.
This has been a Sonic Cinema production.